Hey guys, this is Crazy Juicy Love. If you're ready to change your life, your finances, and your love life, hiring a coach will dramatically give you results in any area that's important to you. This is season two of Crazy Juicy Love. Why hiring a coach will change your life. So hey guys, welcome back to Crazy Juicy Love. I have this beautiful woman in front of me, Coach Jilly. How are you? Hey, I am fantastic. Thanks for yeah. having me. Yeah, thank you for being here. You know, it's so a little bit of the background. We both connected over Instagram via a mutual friend, Jenny, who we love. And uh, I'm so grateful that she connected in us in this little pod that I just of coaches that are really producing some really great work and just excited to be in front of another person, another coach, or just their commitment to people having just love in the world, you know? Um, so talk to me about like, what is big leap, a big leap coach? What is that? How did that even come about? That's <laughs> pretty Sounds pretty fantastic. I know, it, it does. Um, <laughs> so The Big Leap is a book that was written by Gay and Katie Hendricks. Um, my coaching certification comes from the Hendricks Institute. And their work and their body of work that they continue to put out into the world really has had a huge impact on me. But that's the term that they use mm -hmm. when they certify their coaches. So once you go through their process, you are officially wow. a big, big leap coach. coach. Yes. Okay. Wow. So, I mean, how did you even get into coaching? Because I know for me, coaching sort of like found me. I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to be a coach. It's just like, my friend was like, you are a coach. I was like, oh, yeah. okay. You know, so how did, how did, how did coaching came to you or followed you or how does that how did you even get into coaching yeah i think that's interesting that you said coaching found me or that your friend said to me said to you you are a coach and coach i i'm a coach so growing up i thought i wanted to be a school teacher mm -hmm. and my mom said oh, you don't want to be a school teacher they don't make much money so i mixed <laughs> the whole so i dropped out of college i didn't become a school teacher and the irony in that is that i did become um, I homeschooled my kids. I have mm -hmm. two kids, homeschooled them both up through the eighth grade. They're uh, exceptional human beings. And I became a teacher, right? Mom says, I oh, don't be a teacher. So I've always been a teacher. Mm -hmm. And I really, that's why you might find on some of my internet stuff or whatever that I call myself an educator mm -hmm. because I have a voracious appetite for learning and growing. I've been on a healing trajectory, you know, that's been crazy over the last three years of my <laughs> life. And I've always been a coach. I was always the person that people came to for advice. And I always had those encouraging words. And, and it wasn't contrived. It wasn't forced. It was just something I felt like flowed naturally out of mm -hmm. So pre-divorce, I had started on a coaching certification path with CTI. The Coaches Institute, very reputable, highly uh, known in the coaching world. And I'd started taking classes there and then my life kind of fell apart. My marriage fell apart. And I was like, what am I doing? I can't even think straight. Mm -hmm. 
um, how can I go sit in a room with people for a weekend? And, and I'm just consumed with my life falling apart. So I put that on hold. And then after post-divorce, right, you've got pre-divorce, post-divorce, um, I started saying, okay, what is my life? What is next for me? I no longer am raising little kids. I ha- you know, what do I want to be when I grow up? So I started a blog. And so if you went to my website, you would be able to go way back and just read various blog posts. And someone said to me one day, like, what are you doing? You can't make any money writing a blog. Like there's no money, <laughs> there's no money in blogging. And I was like, how do I take what I love and make a living out of it? And I had some really solid people in my life say to me, why aren't you coaching? Hmm. Why aren't, why haven't you gone back to coaching? It's who you are. And that's the beauty of having support systems, right? You have these people that see the greatness in you when you're in your low spots in life. And so that's the, the long of the short. That's how I was like, oh, you're right. I totally do. So I hired a coach. Mm Mm-hmm. I went and got my coaching certification. I learned how to build an online business and do Facebook ads and all of these different pieces. And um, January, about a year and a half ago, I launched, I officially launched my own online coaching business. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting. Like you were saying, like a support system is so needed and you know, I remember when I was doing the calling in the one as, as a group, as a friend, just doing the work. And, you know, my friend, I, in my mind, she was joking, <laughs> you, you're a coach. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, stop. you know, kind of be cute and coy and stuff like that. And, and then when I started, when I noticed I was, I was unwilling to step over some of the things they were saying about how they were acting and behaving in relationships. And then my friend, we, we worked together as well. She was like, listen, you're a coach. You need to make this happen. She was like, if you don't become a coach, I'm going to hunt you down and beat you. So you need to like, you yeah. know, get on it. And, and I had to, it really forced me to look like, okay, what have I been missing throughout my life that has been pointing me in that direction is, and it's going back to what you said earlier, our previous conversation, like how my my body, like I guess to tie this in, like been sending me life has been sending me signals all this time, and I was so yeah. in my head, and I didn't even like know it until I started doing the calling in one work and started doing this self awareness work, and I'm and I was like, oh. Like life, my body has been pointing me in this direction the whole mm-hmm. time until I got out of my head and started listening to it then. Then I was like, oh my God, this makes yeah. so much sense. I think one of the most profound things that I learned in my coach's training was what does yes feel like in your body? Mm, yeah. And what does no feel like? And I was like, ooh, I told you I I cried the whole first three days of my my training. And I was like, I don't know. I'm so out of touch. You know, it's like we cut ourselves off at the neck. We live our whole lives here. Uh And we forget, like, we're whole people. We're body, mind, and spirit body not head mind and spirit like we're there's a body attached to that and there is an innate primal um fundamental 
thing that's been wired into every one of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, you know, it's funny too, because like, you know, people like rag on me for this, but Oprah used to say this all the time. She's like, life is giving you clues. You have to just pay attention. Mm -hmm. And there's something in your body that says, you go, hmm, don't do that. Or hmm, like, yes, I should do that. Like, you should listen to that. And I never got it until I started clearing out all the clutter in my, my space. Yeah. I was like, oh, like my body has been telling me all this time. And I was just like, oh my goodness, yeah. where have you been? What have you been listening to? Yeah. <laughs> you know? like- Hello, old friend. I've, I've been here yeah. waiting for you for to you. come back to me. For me. Yeah. Come back to me. I know. So talk to me about, you know, I love this thing you have on your website. It says, talk about um, pain to purpose. Like, what is that? Well, um, you want the short version or the long version? We don't have a lot of time. The juicy, the juicy version. I'll give you the juicy Juicy version. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So my backstory is that at 22 years old, I got married to my high school sweetheart, uh, two amazing kids. And somewhere around that 20 year mark, um, he had a midlife crisis. And I found out that in all his business travels, he was, he had women in every town that he traveled to. Wow. And um, when, in my case, I had set up my life in a way I was viciously codependent. It was a conditioning that I learned from childhood. And I had literally given my whole life over to my husband and my family. And um, nothing will bring you down to the dirt quicker than, than being betrayed. Mm. And so, uh, pain from pain to purpose was my love child. Basically after I uh, got divorced, spent a ridiculous amount of time and money on my healing, which I still invest crazy in. Um, that was my first coaching program that I created. And I thought, man, like, I needed so much support and I could, it was difficult to find. It was so hard because unless you walk that road, unless you a woman who's been betrayed by the man that vowed to love her for the rest of her life, um, you don't know like what that does to you. And I thought, man, I never want another woman to feel as alone and as misunderstood as I felt. And so that is, I was like, there, this doesn't have to be the end. Mm. This is not the end. Like yeah. you getting betrayed, getting divorced, um, not knowing who you are and what's next for your life. That's not the end. It's the beginning. Yeah. And so I put together a program that was kind of bits and pieces of everything that I had learned from sitting in a therapist's office to attending workshops. I spent 12 solid months in Codependence Anonymous. Wow. I read books upon books upon books. Um, and I sat under the teaching of a lot of really wise people. And I put everything that I knew up to that point into the program so that women would eventually emerge from the other side, knowing that, yes, you've been betrayed. Yes, your whole life got, you know, the, the rug of your life got pulled out from the underneath you. But there's purpose on the other side. And I mean, I'm, I'm proof of that. 
really we have we have a choice like am i going to let this destroy me or am i going to go find my purpose and so that's my that's where that came from yeah it's like really great like a lot of people don't think they they have a choice and like you're just a great example of like your choice like life is a choice like choice like we were created in a choice good or evil you know you know light dark like like there's choices upon choices so i'm curious like how do how does one know that they're in a codependent relationship <laughs> well, i love it i love this, love this topic um <laughs> So I do have a post on my Instagram. What I'm asking is a lot of people might not know, like they're in a codependent relationship. Listen, I remember going to marriage counseling after all of this came out and sitting with my therapist at the time and saying to her, am I codependent? I asked her blatantly. And you know what she did? She got up out of her little recliner. She walked, <laughs> up, she walked over to her filing cabinet. She rummaged through there. She pulled out a piece of paper and she goes, well, you know, we're all a little codependent. And she handed me a piece of paper. Okay. (laughs) And the most refreshing, the most refreshing thing was when I finally found a good therapist. He looked me straight in the eye and he says, you better get in a meeting and you need to do it every week, at least. If you need to go multiple times, do it. You need a support system. You are terribly codependent. Mm. So codependency, I have a, that's what I was going to say. I have a post on my Instagram that says codependence is a commitment to stay in the same unhealthy patterns with a person. Mm. And I love that. That is a definition of codependency. But for me, codependency meant living exogenously, right? out here Mm. there's endogenous living and there's exogenous living and so exogenous living for me meant if you do this then i'll be happy Mm. if you say this then i'll be okay if this happens then i'll feel better and that is an illusion Mm. it's like uh, it's a lie it's it's the bullshit story that somehow we've all bought into. Yeah, right? it's like when making I, our love conditional on these oh, things. Oh, yeah. Oh right? When I, when I find a person, <laughs> I'll be happy. That, mm, well, well, if my person would just do, do this, yes. then I'll be happy. And it's, it's frustrating, but it's... You know, it's real and we all, and so maybe that's what my therapist was saying. Like when she said like, oh, we're all a little codependent, but I had been taught from childhood to feel safe. I need to behave a certain way, show up a certain way because it was my job. I remember sitting in therapist's office and him doing this with his hands, right? To manage everyone's emotions. How is that? Like managing everyone's emotions. You must be exhausted. And I'm like, I am exhausted. (laughs) It's not working. And it's not working. So you had an aha. Like I saw you kind of do this. Well, because like today I had a session with a client and I stopped the session. I said, we can't go forward with this session because one, she didn't do the work. 
that was one like Catherine was really big on uh, well, my, at least not Catherine, but my uh, my head coach and the calling one program. She's like, you cannot move forward with any client unless they make amends to themselves. Mm. Otherwise, they're building on top of basically being inauthentic. And so she hadn't moved on from this guy who she, she had a relationship with that he was still married, but she had, and I said, you haven't forgiven yourself for holding on to this resentment. I said, and it sounds like you have not made an amends to yourself. I said, what if you never get that forgiveness from him? And what if you never have that conversation with the wife about it? I said, like, what, you're not going to, like, go on and move for love? I'm like, she just, like, got totally quiet. I said, I said, before we move on, you have to have a, make an amends to yourself first for holding on because it's running your life. Like you just, yep. and I read back her intention and I said, you deserve this. Like you deserve forgiveness and forgiving yourself for holding on. Like why is your forgiveness conditioned on somebody else's conversation? Yep. yep. And she started crying. I, like, I, she was silent, I wasn't sure. And she's like, yeah, and I said, I want you to look in the mirror today and forgive yourself and make a new amends to yourself because that's so important for you to move on unless you're going to bring that into the next relationship absolutely and that's a perfect example of your inner experience affecting your outer world yes yeah so like what are some steps that people can start taking to like break that codependency pattern? Well, I think you should get to a meeting. <laughs> I didn't even know there were meetings. I'm just like, isn't that like, fantastic? Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. There's me- There's 12 step meetings for everything. I swear to you. And it is, it is, um, it, it's really powerful work. It really is. If you will, if you will, walk the steps if you'll work the steps it, it really is powerful and it also <laughs> it puts you in a room full of people who are just like you so I have to tell this funny story when I first went at the urging of my therapist and I was like okay <laughs> I'll go right I'm a I'm a rule follower I'll do what I'm told so I go to the meeting and um this sweet older lady was facilitating and she said look you know we just welcome we're glad you're here please keep coming back we um would like to ask you stay for at least six meetings before you decide if this if this is for you or not and um i remember sitting there and listening you know i didn't share listen to people share went through the thing and i was like these people are fucking nuts (laughs) they are batshit crazy I, I, no, this isn't like, this is the internal dialogue. No, no, I am not. Listen, I was in total judgment. I was criticizing inside, like all this inside, like these people are crazy. (laughs) And I left, but I made the commitment to six meetings. Listen, by the fourth meeting, I was like, oh, these are my people, man. (laughs) These are like, I'm batshit crazy. (laughs) Like I'm, I'm nuts. Like I'm nuts. Like we just go through life with this unconscious pattern, which is Mm -hmm. a version of the definition of codependency, right? It's when you're in these unconscious patterns and they're not healthy. And you think that you're, you know, have some superpower to make Mm -hmm. things right for people. 
you know, thus making really codependents. Listen, codependents are beautiful people. They really are. But at its core, codependency is selfishness. It's, mm. it's selfish. It's manipulative. We do it so that we feel good, so that we feel safe, so that we yeah. feel approved of. And it's like... Mm. You hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say get to a meeting. Uh, Melody Beatty, 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 however you say, she's written several books on codependency. She also has a daily devotional. Her work is amazing. I read that book. I was like, oh my God, I think she read, she wrote this book about me. Has she been, <laughs> has she been, has she been following me around? Yeah. So you know what? There's some clues though, how you can tell if you might be codependent. So if you were raised around any kind of addiction, alcoholism, drug addiction, um, mm. you know, if one of your parents was a sex addict or um, went from man to man to man, to man or woman to woman to woman to woman, compulsion. Basically, if you're raising any kind of compulsion around compulsive behaviors, you are most likely codependent. Um, also, abusive. If you were raised around any kind of um, physical abuse, emotional abuse, mental abuse, any of that stuff, if you were verbally abused, you know, chances are you struggle with some level of codependency and it's nothing to be ashamed of. You know, it was a, it was a way you learned to be in the world to protect mm -hmm. yourself. Right. Wow. That is so enlightening. Like I just see so many of those things in, in friends and family, family members and um, some of my clients. So it's, like, it's such a really great topic and, not a lot of people are aware that they may be codependent, codependent and how it really affects and can derail a relationship so quickly. And it's like almost a setup of failure when that relationship doesn't work. It's like, it's like what you said, like you're, you hit the dirt and you're like face in and can't like lift your head. Yeah. yeah. You know? You're like, who am I? I was right. like, who am I without this person? Yeah. If you can't answer that question, that's yeah. Yeah, and it's like I and I just realized too that I can't remember what exactly what I heard it from. Like you know, some of the one of the highest one of these suicide rates in men that when they get fired from a high power job, they a lot of them commit suicide. So there, a lot of us are codependent on our job, and when we get oh, actually, I was uh, Eckhart Tolle was saying that like we identified so much with the job that when it's taken away we have no idea who we are because we yep. became so codependent and we lost ourselves in a job and we had to separate yep. ourselves found out like this is who I am outside of the job wow yeah yeah and so there's something on your Instagram that I really, really loved. It says, hate is not the opposite of love. It's the shadow of love. And I found that so interesting because I kept, I saw into another, like a video that said the same thing. I was like, wow, like, like, so talk to me about that because it's so, for so long, even me, like, that's what we're taught. Like, hate is the opposite of love. Like, how did you come to find, like, that is just the shadow of love? Oh. I think probably I'm going to go to kind of the woo-woo <laughs> shit here a little bit um, because everything is energy, mm -hmm. right? And our emotions are simply that. They're just energy. And I think that we have lived so long with wanting to call things good, bad, 
Mm-hmm. Right, wrong. And do I believe in absolute truth? I do. But when we're in our emotions, our feelings, like that's that's real. They need to yeah. be felt, they need to be processed, and then eventually they need to be released. Otherwise they get stuck. But it's it's such a powerful um hate is such a power, but so is love. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know if I'm articulating that quite quite the way that I want to, but it is just, yeah, it's just energy. Right. I mean, I mean, I guess what I'm, I guess for me, what I'm hearing that like, hey, uh, is a shadow of love. It's not like the antithesis of what, like, it's just, it's just, it's just one in hand with with love, and so. You know, it's how we operate and how we, it's just like making, like, it just, it just, it's not disconnected when we say love over here and here over here. No, it's actually yeah. one and the same. Like we yeah. separate these two and, but actually, no, it's, it's one and the same. It's not, it's no, yeah. it's no different. And yeah, um, it's an emotion and it's energy. Yeah. It's emotion and it's energy. Yeah. So what, how do you have a coach in your life? Absolutely. <laughs> and so talk to Absolutely. me like, like how is a coach, you know, benefit for your life? Because I just want to see like how life was before and after when you started working with a coach. Because I just see so many benefits um, for, for coaching in general. That's why I'm a big advocate for it. Like, especially particularly men are very resistant to any kind of like therapy or coaching. But I just want to like keep shedding the light on like the benefits of having a coach in your life. So how has coaching helped you in a specific area in your life? Coaching has helped me in every area of my life. Um, I would be suspicious of hiring a coach that does not hire a coach. Right. Honestly, um, coaching, how we show up in our coaching practice is how we show up <laughs> in our life. You can't separate the two. One, they're, they're the same. And so having a coach in my life has, has helped me heal. It's helped me grow my business. It's, it's accountability. Mm-hmm. In yeah. one word, sure. It's accountability. Um, it's helped me see blind spots. I think that's the way that I explain it to most people. It's like, why do you need a coach? Well, I don't know. How do you see the blind spots? Yeah. So what was one of your blind spots that you were dealing with? Like you were, like, <laughs> what, what specific area that you were working on and, and then you, the blind spot appeared when you, you worked with the coach? Like, what was that? Well, you know, I'll share with you this week's <laughs> this discovery with my coach, um, was that I'm running a story or have been running a story in my head that everything has to be hard. She Mm. said to me, why do you make everything hard? And I was like, yeah, I'm crying. You know, I'm a crier. She hit the nail on the head. I'm like, because everything in my life's been hard. It's all been, you know, like relationships are hard and life's hard and finances are hard and you know, it's all hard. And, And she's like, it's just a story. It's yeah. just a story. Life doesn't have to be hard. Yeah. We make it hard. We believe it's hard. And, and guess Yeah, was, how, and how are you making it hard? I make it hard by getting in my head 
and out of my body. Body. Yeah. Right? Instead of being in the flow and letting things be easy, Mm. I get up here and I start running scenarios and making excuses and saying all that, but this and getting, confusing myself and getting in a sense of overwhelm, which just leads to all kinds of, right? You either get paralyzed, you procrastinate, you... Exhausting. Yeah, it is, and it go back to my my next question is like you know because you have a lot about looking inward and how that can really lead to close the, to the blind spots that you're dealing with. Because I mean, ultimately, looking inward is the answer. When we're in our head, we're out out there looking. For, I don't know what for the answer. Yeah. Um, but why is it so necessary for us to look within for the answer? Because all of the answers are inside of us. Yeah. All of it. All the love you need, it's in you. Yeah. You are love, right? We were all wired with, um, we can go through all the terms, right? Your higher self, your inner wisdom. Uh, Some people call it the Holy Spirit. Some people call it um, their gut, their intuition, their, I mean, we could just, you probably could add to that list too. Yeah. Every human being was wired with that. All the answers you need are in here. But the reason when we think like, oh, what should I do? And we sit there with that whole like, I don't know. I don't know. know." You know why you don't know? Because you don't know yourself. Because you're not not in touch. You're not in tune. You're not aligned. You're not living in your integrity. And that takes practice. Yeah, it's so true. I had a client and it, it normally happens with my male clients and I ask them, like, what do you need? And they always go, I don't know. And I'm like, no, that's not the right, no. And they'll always say, I don't know. It's like, you're unwilling to connect with yourself. Yeah. yeah. And you know that, you know what I say then? And so what, what does I don't know need? Mm. You know, oh, so if I don't know how to need, what would it need? You know, what is I don't, what is I don't know want? I don't know. <laughs> and I was like, it's, it's, and also on the lining too. And I said to my, one of my clients, I said, it's your way of not wanting to be responsible of like how you're going to show up and how you're going to be in life. Yep. Like, it's a cop just, out. Yeah. right. It, it really is a cop out. Yeah. Yep. And when you call that out and wake people up, and to get them to the impact of saying, I don't know all the time, then they see how their life has been passing them by. Yep. Yeah. It's, yeah. And so, uh, why, well, that's the, why do men have this, this underlying issue. I, I know, like your experience from coaching men, I'm sure you coaching men, but like, like Jimmy, you tell me, and we'll, <laughs> then we'll both know. We'll both know. Okay, no, I have a, a theory. I have a theory because <laughs> I'm not a man, but I really do believe that patriarchy in this whole like men. Men have it within them to be introspective, to be deep, to be um, emotionally available. They'll, but we're talking about centuries, centuries mm-hmm. of in, ingrained behavior yeah. that 
you know, has been, you know, boys don't, men don't cry, you know, stop being so sensitive, locker room talk, um, workplace talk around the water cooler, um, just porn, dealing with women, um, you know, right? We just, men are wired different than men, Uh, men are wired different than women. And so maybe they don't have as many words. There's nothing wrong with that. But Men in this society and previous societies have never been given permission, yeah. number one. And they've never been taught how. Yeah. And those two things are like, I love that the internet is now, you know, there's these men, not unlike yourself, who are rising up to say like, you know, hey, this is normal. It's yeah. okay. Women want it. Men want it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Let's all stop making ourselves sick because we're keeping everything inside. Yeah. And yeah. And so why do men? That's my theory. It's a, and it's a catalyst of disease in men. And, mm-hmm. you know, Carolyn Mays, the author of um, Anatomy of the Spirit, talks about it. Like she really hones in on it. And uh, I had two uncles die of the same exact cancer, like this uh, pancreatic cancer. And and it really hit me like, oh, they never ever let you in. They never cried. They never um, like it was even like even question them. They was hard to get anything out of them, like yeah. giving them permission. Like they held on to so much pain, resentment, uh, yeah. all these things, and those things manifest in our bodies. Absolutely to diseases. Absolutely, 100%. And it's killing men. And, you know, interesting enough, I was having a conversation with a guy. Uh, he's going to a, a divorce with his husband. And, you know, and I was like, you know, kind of workshopping him a little bit. And I said to him, I said, you know, he, he's from Brazil. He moved here sort of blindly. And, and then he was saying, like, how the guy was a different person when he came here. And I said, well... Did you ask proper questions before you moved here? He was like, no. I said, yeah, you assumed that he was going to take care of these things. And he said, oh, my God, I do that all of my all over my life. And so then I asked him later on, I said, well, what is it that you want from another person in love? Like he like he went blank. He was like, I don't I don't know what that means. I said, right. I was like, <laughs> I said, men don't ask each other this question. And yeah. they're just walking into relationships like blindly. And you have women are like pulling them and what do you want? What do you need? What do you do this? And men yeah. aren't thinking about this because men aren't asking each other this question. Yep. Because it's affecting the relationship with women or in relationships in general. Yeah, yeah. Just even out of sight of the whole heteronormative thing, it's it's affecting our relationships. Period. Yeah. Period. It's because we don't know our blind spots. It's like we're we're more connected than we've ever been, yet we're more disconnected than yes. we've ever been. <laughs> you know, and it's like we don't have community. We don't make ourselves open to other people to call us out on our baloney, mm-hmm. and you know. So we could circle back around to the coaching thing, or we could circle back around to the being in your body and being present with yourself. It's all this, it's, it's all so beneficial. It's like, mm-hmm. you don't know what you want because you're disconnected from your body. 
And that's why I write so much about integrity and personal responsibility and all of that stuff. It's, it's home base for everything. Yeah. And why is integrity important in your integrity so you know what i read something recently that was like if you're if you live with integrity then you're integrated i love that the mm, you know the root like word that. and the right so the whole idea is to live integrated or al- aligned aligned um when you're in alignment okay i love the car example so if you're if you drive a car and the uh the wheels are out of alignment and it starts making you ride down the highway and it starts making this wobbly, you know, the sound and it's what, and the car is shaking and like, you just turn up the radio so you don't hear it, hear it. right? <laughs> just turn up the radio louder and you're driving and it's still wobbling and the car's starting to shake and it's making this weird noise. We can turn up the radio all you want. It doesn't mm. fix the problem. Problem, right. <laughs> it doesn't go away <laughs> until, right? Until you get the car in alignment. Right. And so this is how people are stuck. This is why people don't feel alive in life and they don't feel any purpose or whatever. They're living out of alignment. Mm. So when you live in alignment, then you're joyful. You feel grateful. You have good relationships in your life. You're open to constructive feedback. And you you know what I'm saying? You're just living with a sense of aliveness that everybody wants. But, but, you know, everybody's like, I don't know how to get there. And I'm like, well, where are you out of alignment? Mm. Look, you do the categories, right? There's, there's career, there's relationship, there's nutrition and health. And I mean, you could just go on and on. Where yeah. are you out of alignment? Are you selling your soul for this job that you hate? You're out of alignment. Yeah. And you know what integrity is? It's living in personal alignment. Yeah. And that's, oh God, it, it, it brings me to... This other thing that I've been taking on, you know, I've been in this other program and, you know, I was talking to with this guy who's very effective in the program. And I was like, you know, I want to know to talk to the people who are effective and what are they doing so I can do it too. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things he said, you know, he said, no, Jimmy, I'm a real asshole. And I, he said, I can be, he said, but <clears throat> what I've been doing is I've been distinguishing in my life where I've been inauthentic. Mm. And put, and and then, or out of integrity, and, and, or being inauthentic, and start being authentic. And he's like, Jimmy, it is so uncomfortable, but I yeah. feel so alive on the other end because I'm dealing with oh. inauthenticities. Right. And and I was like, oh my goodness! And I really took it out to make this whole list, and I call one of my best friends, and. We had the most authentic conversation that said to him, I don't feel safe with you to share myself with you. And mm-hmm. he said, I don't feel safe with you to feel myself with you, share myself with you. And then we were like, okay, how do we repair this? Oh, I love and that. Like, Ooh, I got chills on that. I know, me too. <laughs> you know? And I was like, and after the conversation, we hung up and said, oh, and I felt like this huge relief that, like, wow, if I took this on more often, it, it really allowed my mind to be clear and focused because yeah. I don't have all this other stuff shaky yeah. as the car. I'm I'm clear. Like, yeah. I see the road ahead of me. And that is flow. That's like living in a sense of flow. I love that term. I'm sure you're familiar, but it's yeah. like, what is flow? Flow is that that thing that you do or that place that you get that you, you lose all sense of time. 
Yeah. And you're just in a sense of you're in a an experience of flow. And it's like, I believe that's how life should be. Yeah. We wow. should live in our flow or in our creativity, mm. you know, 80 to 90% of the time. Yeah, there's things we have to do. We do have to get the oil changed. We do have to change the filters in the in the house, right? You know, there's things that we have to do that we don't like to do or we're not great at doing. But how about the other 70, 80% of the time, 90% of the time? Like, isn't that the goal is to feel alive and to feel mm, yeah. flow? Yes. Yeah. Um, a quick, a quick question. So I'm curious of what did divorce teach you? Oh my gosh. Divorce. <laughs> okay. Number one, right? Number one thing. And I think breakups, that's why I talk so much about breakups. Cause sometimes I'm referring to divorce and sometimes I'm just referring to like breaking Break, up with your boyfriend or your girlfriend or whatever. Um, uh, divorce taught me that it is my job to love myself. Ugh. I need, I gave my power away to someone else who didn't even love himself. You know, it's, it's not someone else's job to fulfill me. Yeah. And I, God, I could go on about this. Um, you know, so many couples rely or have their love is just going back to the very first part of our conversation like it's so conditional on if you do this i'll do that if you say this i'll say i'll i'll do this then i'll love you and i had a conversation recently with a friend of like you know she hasn't had sex with her partner in a while and i was just like okay well that's your conditioning on if he does this if he bees that person if he does this like you are putting that in the way of your relationship. And it's your job <laughs> to forgive yourself from holding on to that. Like it's, it's yeah. not his job, it's yeah. your job. And it's your and it's your job to be in integrity yeah. and express, express to your partner in a non-threatening, non-blaming, non-criticizing way. Like, hey, I want to connect with you. Yeah. And it's out of integrity for you to even hold on to all that exactly. stuff in your marriage. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You're exactly right. Um, what? What did your what? What do your kids teach you about love? Oh God, kids! Oh. <laughs> I have the best kids. You know, some people are like, "Oh, teenagers." I love my teenagers. <laughs> um. Hmm. What do my kids teach me about love? Um, gosh, I, I don't even know if I have words for that. Just the purity of it and that it is a, it is a practice. Mm -hmm. It is a commitment. It is a, you know, you got to grow with it and move with it. And yeah, you know, cause they're, they're still young and they're evolving and our relationships constantly changing. And I think that, they teach me about love, that love is dynamic. Mm. I think a lot of times we treat love like it's static. Um, like it's you know, one we, way. Yeah, like, oh, well, I used to do that. It worked and well, it's not working anymore. Well, yeah, it's because it's like love is a flow. It's, yeah. a, it's an energy and it's like, hey, if that stops working, 
then let's try something different. Okay, mm. that's not working anymore. Then let's go this way. And it's like, yeah, I think that that's the beautiful thing that kids teach you about love because, you know, as they're growing up, they're they're constantly changing. And now yeah. they're at this point where they're becoming little adults. And yeah. And I think too, we all, especially when you're in a relationship, we forget that we're, we are growing, we're changing, we're evolving. And it is a disservice to our relationship where you're like, say to our partner, well, you used to be like that. You know, it's like, well, we, then we've been ourselves, have missed the growth that our partner and our relationship yeah. has gotten to. Yeah. Um, and I really love what you just said. Um, so we're coming to the end. I'm going to ask you a few quick questions. Just tell me whatever comes to you. So, <laughs> very easy. Uh, so, what does a life of love mean to you? Integrity. <laughs> Integrity, right? Personal responsibility, living in alignment, in a sense of personal alignment. Um, honesty, open expression. Yeah. A life of love is just showing up in this world as authentically as I possibly can and um, giving others permission to do that as well. Mm. Yeah. Key word, giving people permission and giving yourself or make, permission. Or making space, you know, it's like, yeah. oh, am I, right? And coach speak, we're like, oh, am I creating a container for this? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> you are the container. You are the container. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So how do you disrupt yourself as a coach to get out of your own way? Oh, I hire a coach. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I hire a coach and then I'm vulnerable with my support, my support system. I have a support system and I am, um, I'm honest with them about where I'm fucking up. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Good. So what is the impact on the world? Would you like to make with your, with your business? I would like, um, it is my intention and it is my heart to empower women specifically and and men but i work more with with more women than i do men um to know who they are to step into their power and to be unapologetically uh, themselves mm, well love that love that and what does a juicy what does a juicy love mean to you oh oh <laughs> juicy love <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think it's I think it's all of this. I think juicy love is just that. It's like where you can just show up mm-hmm. in your shittiness and in your grandiosity and be fully and completely accepted. First here. Yeah. Then out then out there. Yeah, love it. Love yeah, it. that's juicy. And where can people find you online? So I am, my handle is Coach Jilly. You can find me on Instagram. It's my primary platform. It's my favorite platform, um, at Coach Jilly. I'm on Facebook, at Coach Jilly. I have a website, CoachJilly.com. Keeping it pretty. I write a blog on there sometimes, I guess, whenever the the mood hits me. (laughs) Yeah, I love Instagram stories. So, yeah, I would love for you to follow me just to um, 
I do a lot of weekly questions. Love, love, love engaging with my followers. Um, pretty sure I have the best ones out there. <laughs> and um, yeah, come follow me. I'm the goal is to get. I want to get to ten thousand by the end of summer. So oh, you have a plan. I have a plan. I set an intention because I feel like the more people. It's not about like likes and follows and like not like that, but in that look, hey, the more people that follow, the more people we affect, the more right. people we, you know, can touch, and the more people I can serve. Mm, love that. Well, thank you so much, Jilly, for being here. And I'm just so happy to connect with you and just. You know, I just want to acknowledge you just for who you are and just the love that you bring to the world and to women and really bringing such awareness, especially to people who are codependent and how that is so affected in people's relationships and setting them free yeah. of that, you know, and giving them space to just show up fully who they are. And I thank you for the work that you do. Thank you. I'm so, so grateful to have been here. Thank you. Hey guys, are you ready to call in your one? Are you ready to become wildly magnetic to the partner that you deserve and start creating that crazy, juicy love? Well, I am offering a discount package when you listen to this podcast. So when you listen to this podcast, you follow me on Instagram, you DM me and say, you listen to this podcast and I will offer you a discount on a seven week session. Crazy juicy love. Hey guys. So don't forget to subscribe on Instagram at Jimmy Allen and Twitter, simply Jimmy. And don't forget to rate, rate, subscribe, comment and share this podcast if you enjoyed it thank you guys for joining me this is jimmy allen with crazy juicy love